1: back for another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos game source and also inside sports fantasy football thank you so much for listening to all of our shows including everyone out there not only with my great interviews as always each week with this awesome guest each and every week that we do it but the many episodes that i've already recorded for the NBA draft and NBA draft coverage. I cannot thank you enough for your support for that. Please, if you get a chance, if you can, on any one of our shows, give us that five-star review, like, and subscribe. We just truly appreciate it because you've been getting a lot more content coming your way, including a big NBA mock draft where not only I will have Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies, I will have his brother also from NBA Draft Junkies, and Stone Hanson from draftsite.com and also Michael Vissenberg from TheSteppian.com. All those guys are going to be in there along with myself. We're going to have a NBA mock draft. We're all going to be able to pick one through 30. So be one of us picking number one, two, three, four, five. Then we rotate back again up to number 30. So you're going to hear a full NBA first round mock draft coming up this week. I cannot wait for It's just been so exciting. I'm just looking so forward to it, seeing all the draft choices and whatnot. So hopefully you've been getting a lot of great NBA draft content to fill up your time out there, seeing what's coming out there on the NBA horizon. But with me today is a good man indeed. It is my friend. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as the guy behind Lakerholics.net. You got to check out what he's doing today at Lakerholics.net, plus a new site coming forward in the not-too-distant future. It is Laker, Tom. Laker, Tom, always great to have you back on the program once again.
0: It's great to be here, Gerald.
1: Things are opening up, and that's a hot-button issue right now, whether you're for or against that. I don't want to go too much in politics because, you know, we, we've strayed into that before, but I know it's going to bleed in a little bit on this episode because it relates to the NBA because we all want the NBA to come back. And we talked about on our last program the 25 day theory, or one of the ideas out there is 25 day training camp, so to speak. And then, uh, you know, hopefully doing another proposed idea, maybe here in Vegas for all the games and whatnot. Everything else is in certain states, certain areas, not I say everything else, but certain things are being opened up this week in some states across the country, I should say. What are your thoughts as far as how the NBA should approach this concept? Because they weren't on the president's council about how to go ahead and and be a part of the economy. That was a slight on their part, seeing as how they're going to have their own agenda. How should the NBA portray this out? How should the NBA go ahead and lead the way, so to speak, to going ahead and renewing some semblance of our sports concepts out there?
0: I think there's a lot of signs that are pretty optimistic that the conditions of, you know, I, I know that there's this concern about opening up too early and uh, political pressures from Trump and uh, some of the right-wing governors to uh, get back. And I think all of us really want to, want to see things get back to at least this closer version of the, of a new normal that we can possibly have. But I think when you look at, at the realities of, of, the problems that we have with testing, the problems that we have with being able to trace and, and uh, take care of making sure that people who get infected that we can close down any loops that they create. I, I think that all of those things are really pointing toward a very slow comeback. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some situations where people want to get their hair cut. they want They want to be able to go out to dinner. They want to be able to get together with friends. I know. That, I know that some of my friends have been talking about people who've been locked into their home with just, let's say, their husband and wife talking about maybe getting together with a another couple uh, people and and uh, creating a quarantine, if you will, of people that it might be four or five people that that all still stay very close with respect to not letting anybody outside the group uh, get involved with social distancing, making sure that they're careful but at least starting to to break open and and starting to have a little bit of life. And I think we have to be very careful with that. But I think the signs are there. And I think that most of the the medical experts, most of the public health experts are basically being very cautious. I think most of the Democratic governors are being extremely cautious. Trump has put out these guidelines of 14 days before you open things up. We're already seeing states like Georgia sometimes violating those guidelines and and without having the history of, of reducing the number of infections there there's going to open things up a little bit so i think we'll have some setbacks then because the, the problem with you open it up is that people are vulnerable and people are going to get infected and we're going to have rebounds where there's going to be new centers of of that we can't you know we we need to get to four or five times maybe 10 times as many tests as we currently have the ability to do but despite all of those things, I'm pretty optimistic that things look promising for the NBA to possibly open up. I think they have a whole range of different ideas. I think Adam Silver has been smart to say that it's going to be, you know, the end of May before we can even really have enough data to make a, an intelligent decision on what we should do. I know Kenny the Jet had a program that was just a 30-day program with a with a uh, starts off with all 30 teams being in the playoffs and and that gives everybody a chance to play, you know, 70 games, I guess, for their season. And it also then, you know, you'd have a five-game semifinal when you got down to four teams in a seven-game final series. So there's one option that, you know, could take place in one month in Las Vegas or the Bahamas or in some venue that was very controlled. And then hopefully by the end of May, we'll, we'll have gotten many of the areas past their peaks. We'll have hopefully made some progress on testing. Um, we'll hopefully have made progress on being able to have uh, staffing for the states to trace uh, contacts and these things, and then hopefully we can see something happen to open it up. Uh, I'm still hopeful that, that the Lakers will get their opportunity to win a championship, and I think that uh, they could even be in a better position you know, I'm I'm looking for silver linings, and a couple of the silver linings that I think are are in the in play are that LeBron and LeBron and AD, if they can if they can be rested and healthy for that, you know, whatever it happens to be, a 30 game or a 10 game run to the championship, um, that's a big advantage because they played 60 they played 63 games, LeBron missed three games, AD missed eight games. Both of them have a whole series of nagging injuries. Uh, you put the miles that LeBron has and and you look at how he recovered from last year when he had that summer off. And so two or three months off you know, for for the Lakers could be an advantage. They're a veteran team. Uh, they had a lot of players who were injured. And they had a guy, Deion Waiters, who could be a big factor that uh, possibly this time could get him back into game shape and so forth. So I think there's advantages to... To uh, the Lakers, both in the short term and the long term, silver linings, if you will, that uh, make me very eager to get into the season. You know, you never, it's the old tried and true expression that you never know what you have until you miss it. And I miss basketball. I miss basketball dearly more than I miss, more than I miss the Yankees, more than I miss, you know, football or any of the other sports. More than I, more than I really miss going out and seeing friends and so forth, you know. Um, I still talk to friends. We still FaceTime. We still talk to our grandkids through the sliding glass door, you know. And there are silver linings even to that. I've spent time with my wife that uh, I probably would have been watching sporting events and things. And so, you know, and I watch my son spending time with his kids that right at an age when those kids are ready to fly off and, and not I want to have anything to do with mom and dad at that point in time. So there's a lot of good things that we can see every time we have a you know, all of the great things that seem to happen in life as far as society goes seem to come out of some tragedy. You know, we the, we had the depressions that generally lead to resurgences in the economic times. World wars generally lead to long areas of peace. So I'm hoping that, uh, that not only will the NBA get its opportunity and the Lakers their opportunity to compete for another championship, but I'm also hoping that... Uh, We'll see a political and social revolution in this country that will uh, that will turn things around. Where we'll suddenly see people embracing universal health care. We'll see uh, we'll see a campaign and people all of a sudden coming together to save the planet and and revive the economy with a Green New Deal. We'll see basically the inspiration to make America something better than it used to be. Um, and better than it is right now with all of the problems and the dissension that, that we have and all of the battles that we're having back and forth with all of our citizens. So right now I'm trying to remain positive. It's it's the force that I'm trying to pull through on uh, Lakerholics.net. It's the same thing that I want to expose, and or I want to basically control things in the podcasts that we do, um, which is that, you know, Despite all of the problems and the clouds hanging over us, there are silver linings, and I believe in them.
1: Well, if you're trying to find a silver lining, you could say that one of the silver linings is that oil in your, my lifetime, has never been this slow. And as we're recording this, it's just amazing that I can even say this, but it's actually at a negative level for the first yeah. time, I think, They're ever.
0: people to take the oil away. <laughs> yes,
1: so it's at negative $37.63 as we're going ahead and recording this. But it's so funny, CNN quickly says in an article, no, just because it's lower than $0 doesn't mean the gas station will yeah. pay you to fill up your tank, right. so... People, I'm sure the comment sections were probably the first thing that they said was like, you know what? I can't wait to go stop by my Costco and get paid by Have my them Costco. pay you,
0: have them pay you to fill up. Yeah, well,
1: exactly. There's also, that,
0: there's also pollution, the clear skies. And you look at some of these cities, even in China, areas that you used to be see nothing but cloudy skies. I grew up in the San Gabriel Valley down in Southern California, in Monrovia, Arcadia area, right up next to the San Gabriel Mountains. And nine out of 10 days when I was growing up, You could not see those dang mountains, even though they were, you know, a mile or two away because of the fog. Now it's incredibly clear and you see the pictures that that that. then traffic accidents, traffic accidents. The California has has saved over a billion dollars just in the cost of repairs for traffic accidents and so forth. And also a good number of lives have been saved as a result of not having so many fatalities on the highway. So there always are silver linings if you look for them, you know. And and I think one of the big silver linings that I'm looking forward to is being able to watch basketball again. My God, it's just, you really don't understand how badly you miss some of those things. I mean, I can understand the people who are so tired of it all that they're out there protesting. I can see some of why they're doing that. Aside from the negative aspects of why they're doing it, it's just human nature to a certain extent that, you know, I know my daughter-in-law's constantly asking us what can i get you at the store you know and i know she wants to go out there she's a perennial shopper you know she's the type of woman that you never you never let her drive the car when you're going out to someplace because you know she's going to stop two or three places on the way back but you know you you really start to learn the things that you're missing i'm sure a lot of people miss going to work they miss the camaraderie of going out to a restaurant with friends i miss not having my hair cut you know and meeting with my barber and so forth. I miss being able to, you know, coach my granddaughter in AAU basketball. But at the same time, there there are other there are other things that balance that out. And the biggest one is that I think all of these all of these moves for shelter in place and social distancing have actually saved lives and made things easier for all of those heroes on the front lines. Uh, the medical people, the the ambulance drivers, the firemen, the policemen, the people in the grocery stores who've got to stand there and, and take all that dirty money from people and, and risk getting con- infected themselves. We're saving lives by staying home. I haven't been out. I, I went to the doctor once to get my ear cleaned out, and that was it. And I, I stopped for a drive-thru, chance to get some KFC on the way home, which is which my wife really joked all over me for, but I had my mask on and, you know, and, and I tried to do that in a safe manner. I just got done decontaminating all of the groceries that were delivered by my daughter-in-law who went out shopping. And, and so, you know, you, you do the things that you have to do. And I think, I think we're on the verge. I think we're getting close to the, starting to see what's going to be our new normal, you know, which is probably going to be only a few people in a store at a time, you know, in a line outside standing six feet away. It's going to be, sporting events are going to be on television only. Um, I think that's uh, for sure. I don't know how many people I, I know who would be willing to go sit in a the movie theater, even if there were three or four seats in between everybody and nobody behind you in the same row.
1: Have you watched um, Outbreak? Unfortunately, I worked on that movie. It freaked <laughs> everybody out as far as going to a movie I saw it
0: before, but I've watched so many... I mean, there's almost. I mean, I must have watched at least fifteen or twenty pandemic dystopian, you know, ending type of movies over the last month. And every book I'm reading now, it seems that there's some element in there that has some element of uh, of some sort of plague or thing that's happening.
1: Well, thank um, goodness you don't remember outbreak because it was pretty bad. But let's move on. Let's move yeah, on.
0: Sounds good to me.
1: Yes. Uh, It is going to be something interesting as more states open up more businesses, more related industries. And until a vaccine is created and widely distributed, it's still going to be a very much different world for us in the near future. And the way we see basketball games or any type of sports is going to be vastly different than what we're used to. But the NBA realistically, you know, there's there's the doors kind of open. It's a little crack opening up. There's a little bit of light coming through and you can start to see some type of hope that the season can be salvaged in some form or fashion. So I'm hoping that will be the case. I know we'll know more in the next couple of weeks as all this starts to open up. If we truly have a, you know, a horrific second wave of, of illnesses and deaths and things of that nature that prompts us to go back into what we're doing now. And if that's the case, that could be a, a step back for everyone in society, including the MBA. But if it goes forward in a progressive, gradual, constructive fashion where you're looking at the science of it, you're looking at the statistics and you're looking at the data and you're not going off by your gut or your feel, you're just going ahead and you know seeing what's out there how it is as far as the world as you know as it is, when you open up little by little piece by piece, and you can start going ahead with restrictions and with social distancing, try and get some semblance of everything back into somewhat of a uh, reasonable order, so to speak. So I'm, I'm hoping for that, but we'll see what happens for the NBA. I, I see a crack there that's opening, so I see the opportunity for the NBA, If everything works out in the next two, three weeks to start thinking about a realistic possibility of getting this season underway again.
0: I think that there's such a huge motivation for the NBA to do that, that it's, you know, I almost think that it's separate from everything else because I think it's part of the, it's part of the solution that we want to see, which is a return to some form of new normal. And the amount of money that's involved between the players and, and so forth, maybe a month ago, nobody could have conceived of the NBA isolating players for two months, for example, uh, in Las Vegas, which is what it might take in order to safely, you know, put on NBA finals. I think the chances are pretty high that unless we have a national Rebound, where we really have some major things in happening, where where all of a sudden it looks like we're going to have one hundred and twenty thousand deaths as a result of the virus instead of sixty thousand deaths. It's going to take something horrific like that, and I would hope that I would hope that every that despite the dysfunction of the federal government, that they would put the clamps down everywhere, hard and fast, if we start to see any type of relapse. That's that's going to cause a rebound. That's going to cost people's lives. Um, all of this talk about how you have to balance the economy with with preventing lives from people from dying, and, and feeling that there is some sort of equation that you can balance and flip there uh, that says that you know it's worth the economy is worth so many lives. When that comes down to the reality, I don't think that even Donald Trump is willing to make that sacrifice.
1: Well, we'll go ahead and keep an eye on things here at the Lakers Fast Break and keep on continually giving you updates on what's going on with the NBA. And while you're at it, just stick tuned, listen to all of our great episodes. I mean, we've been producing a lot of content out there on this channel, not only Laker Tom, but like I said, all the great NBA draft coverage right here at the Lakers Fast Break. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where... being promoted and this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics that's the pop culture cosmos show and the pcc multiverse every week on apple podcasts and over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options
0: why don't we spend a few minutes talking about the draft i'm kind uh, of there you go i haven't had a chance to, to listen to all of the great podcasts that you've put together gerald but how about a little synopsis of, of what you see for the lakers assuming that we were going to keep that player let's say that we were able to trade Kuzma and our draft pick, uh, and save our draft pick and and actually have a need for that who is the guy that seemed to be on everybody's draft board that could fall to number 29
1: if he's there I think the the Lakers would be thrilled to have Aaron Nesmith from Vanderbilt got injured knee injury but it's uh, uh, probably I think the one of the best, if not the best shooter in the draft. Six feet six, good size, can play a uh, small forward or a shooting guard position. Looks like someone that could rotate to either point, but basically you're getting him because he can shoot and he can shoot very well. Statistically, he was one of the best college shooters coming out for the NBA draft. So if he gets his knee right, right now some signs are pointing to that his knee could be ahead of the progress so that by next season he could be you know ready to play in some form or fashion that type of individual that can play with LeBron now it's got to be someone who can fill it up and that's something that you see almost in every draft is not many players that can fill up the rock as much as possible or as needed something that gets developed over time but those few shooters are going to be a hot commodity and even with the knee injury I'm not sure he's going to be there but mm-hmm. I know the Lakers are eyeing him as someone that if he does fall because of the knee injury that he sustained in Vanderbilt, that it could be very desirable because you can't teach a good shooter right away. It takes right. time to develop that skill. So if you and, have and that you gotta you gotta have somebody who,
0: And you got to have a reason why he would slide to us.
1: Yeah. To and, that's, and, and that would be the reason this, right. is people the are worried injury. about it. Yes. And right now, we, we're not at a point in the CBA because the agents have so much power, and this is something we've also talked about on our shows and our episodes, is that these agents have so much power and they wield so much power. They're not giving medicals out to every team. They're only giving medicals out Mm -hmm. on these players that they're representing out to the specific teams that they want, which I think is unfair, but I know that's a sticking point for the NBA. works
0: in the Lakers' advantage, I don't mind that.
1: Well, yes, but when you're investing millions of dollars yeah. you need medicals on a player you want to go ahead and if you see a player that you like and you're willing to risk a draft pick on them and you're willing to invest millions on them for three sometimes four years you need to go ahead and have all the medicals it should be a fair fair base and that's something we've discussed and that's all the right. problem right now and i know the one and done is also an issue and the NBA and the NBA Players Association, the nta they've all been trying to work out this you know deal where they get rid of the one and done. But because of that, I think a major sticking point is one side doesn't want to budge on the medicals. The other side doesn't want to budge on the one and done. That we're seeing this news that came out that the top players coming out of high school are actually foregoing college. And the NBA has set up a G League team and it's like an academy, like a instructional team in Southern California, with some of the top players coming out of high school, so that they won't have to go to Australia, China, or Europe, or go to college and do a one and done where they don't even want to go to school.
0: Right. They're going to go
1: ahead, or you know, and they're going to go ahead and half a million off. bucks
0: is uh, that's a pretty big incentive to skip your freshman year of college.
1: That's for Jalen Green, who's one of the right. top two, number one or number two, depending on how you see it. In the, you know, in the, uh, as far as the picks coming out of high school, there are others like Isaiah Todd who are not as highly rated, but are still like top 10, top 30 right. type deal that are still interested in actually joining that team. They're not being paid as much, but it is incentive driven. They have to play the games, they have to make certain appearances, they have to do certain things in order to get that full, in the case of Jalen Green, $500,000. But they're also eligible for shoot contracts and they will still get paid a scholarship to the school of their choice down the road. So they'll be able right. to go ahead and finish their education down the road, which is, a, I think, a good thing. But yes, it's something that the NBA is now competing against all these other teams for players and the NCAA like for these players that are coming out of high school. So that, to me, was the most interesting thing to come out of the past two weeks. But you're right. As far as the draft pick for the Lakers, I probably would say the name that pops up the most if he falls, is Aaron Nesmith? Because of the fact, again, he has good size, but he can really fill up the rock. Worried about his defense, that could be an issue. But yeah, if he's healthy, he can be somewhat of a key contributor down the road. But someone that could develop nicely under one or two years of LeBron.
0: The other interesting thing is how highly thought of Mellow Ball has been.
1: It depends and, on who uh, you talk to. It depends on who you talk to. He yeah. can be number one. Some days he's number three, number four, number five, right. even lower. But he's definitely, a
0: top, he's definitely a top five prospect by well, almost he,
1: everybody's book. Uh, by almost everybody's book, but there are certain things in his game which might prevent, uh, cause him to go down in certain the eyes of certain teams. Right. But his vision, his, <laughs> his vision may be as good, if not better, than his brother's. He mm-hmm. has a more developed game than his brother does at this point in time, at this stage, defensively, he's not quite as good as his brother as of yet, but, but offensively, he's bigger. yeah, bigger. he's bigger, he's Six bigger eight. and he has a better touch around the rim and a good floater. A that, touch floater that...
0: that floater is becoming a is becoming a shot.
1: Absolutely. I mean, and, his, and his brother doesn't have that shot yet. Yep. And he, you know, he's on new Orleans right now and, He's still doing okay, but he doesn't have that touch. You and I talked about this before when it concerned him. He just doesn't have that touch around the basket or around that floater that you need to have as a point guard to finish off your skills. LiAngelo has that, but the only thing is he doesn't shoot it well from outside yet. But if he can develop that, he can really be the best prospect, in my opinion, as far as this draft is concerned. But the thing is, will he be able to develop those other parts of the game even anywhere near what some of the, the aspects that he already has good, like for instance, his mm-hmm. passing, his court vision, et cetera, et cetera. So, if he can shore up his shooting as defense, he'll end up being the top player that comes out of this draft.
0: Yeah, he's uh, I, I've watched quite a bit of uh, video on him, and uh, you're absolutely right about that floater. Um, and heck, he shoots that thing from even the free throw line at times on the move. And I'm trying to think, there's another NBA player that I was watching that uh, that also has a very similar floater like that. Who's a big man actually. It uh, might have been the guy from might have been the guy from Detroit that you liked. Um, oh, Christian Wood. Christian Wood. But it, it it's become a shot that is become more and more important especially with uh, the way that teams are playing off of pick and rolls where you've got this drop coverage all the time where they're leaving that shot open. They want people to take that shot. And that's one of the things that I think is really something that's going to benefit Melo as opposed to, to his brother. Um, Lonzo just never, as you said, doesn't have that touch. And even if you're not the athlete who can go up and dunk the ball every time like LeBron James or somebody like that, that little floater is just freezes people on the ground and, and really is a, a terrific weapon for getting points inside. It's, a, it's actually a layup for the guys who know how to do that well. I'm interested to see what happens with mellow ball. And it's kind of fascinating because it looks like that. I know his father, I know that uh, Lavar got this brand new giant house and everything. And yet with the failure of, of the BBB thing and all of the other problems going on, he sure somehow has managed, you know, maybe it's the, the, maybe it's the reality television show or whatever, but he still seems to be a financial success. That's pretty amazing especially considering, you know, the number of times that he's really sort of stepped on his own feet. But I, it's going to be a fascinating draft. And, and the fact that that we have these different divergent paths that are arriving, you know, you, lo- you look at that whole, I think it's the 2021 season that they expect possibly to have high school seniors and first year players both being available in that draft, the 2021 draft. And everybody's trying to hold on to their first-round draft picks for that particular draft. For that reason, that you're really going to have, you theoretically could have two classes coming in at that point in time at the same time, which would all of a sudden be, you know, that the the top 15 players on each year could be in that same draft. You could have 30 player. You could have 30 players. Even the Lakers draft pick. There's a good chance that the Lakers will end up with their 2020 and their 2021 draft picks as a result of the trade that they made for Anthony Davis. But I, mean, I know that 2021 draft pick is one that they don't want to have to swap with anybody, or they're not going to have, be able to swap with the New Orleans because they'll they'll have a better – New Orleans will have a better draft position. Well, next Lakers year's
1: draft – next year's draft is going to be a lot stronger than this one.
0: Yeah. Well, not only that, but it's it, if you double up the people, if they all of a sudden let high schoolers come direct, which is a good possibility, then that could change well, everything.
1: I, I think that's why, to be honest with you, they created this G League Instructional Academy type deal that we talked about. Thinking that they're going to shuttle
0: the guys into there and keep them for a year from before they get drafted?
1: Is because they cannot agree with the CBA on the one mm-hmm. and done. They cannot agree with the NCAA or the NBA Players Association because, the, like I said, the NBA when
0: wants- The CBA expires when?
1: Uh, two years i think two seasons right. if but I'm not
0: but there's a tremendous amount of pressure right now just because of all of the decisions coming up it's almost like they may be forced to create a new cba at this point in time
1: well again like i said the nba wants uh to have medicals for all these teams
0: yeah the agents it's and a big the players, issue last
1: year it was a big issue last year that they yeah, were doing- and the agents and players don't want it but the right. agents and players want no the ability to determine to.
0: where you're going to go, you know, you can yeah. narrow it down to the teams that got your medicals.
1: But the agents and players want no, the, the one done to be removed. In fact, the NBA probably wants yeah. it as well. But the problem is they're arguing over that. And because of that, I think it's going to be unfortunate. Unless it's hammered out in the CBA, uh, I think that's why the NBA instructional team was created in the first place is because – they don't see them the nba or nca bending on those type of one and done deals anytime soon i hope that's not the case and i hope they rescind the one and done personally i know there for some players like zion it helped being in in that in duke one year but for a lot of players they should be given the option of just basically you know saying you know what I can go here or I can go there, like any 18 year old. 18 year olds these days, in almost any other vocations, can go to school or they cannot go to school. It's not the case with the NBA and and it's not the case with the basketball players. And that's that to me is kind of wrong in some sense. Now, obviously, there's development.
0: It's got to fall at some point in time because at some point in time, somebody's going to sue. And that's how that's how we've gotten into free agency before. It's going to be a lawsuit from somebody saying that, hey, you know. I have a chance to make a million dollars, millions of dollars my rookie year.
1: But unfortunately, right now, that's the way it is. So I, I think this academy deal is going to be the way for at least a year or two. We'll see. It could be for a lot longer. We'll have to wait to see how it sets up continuously. As long as the players union, the NCAA and NBA still fight amongst themselves, it's going to be interesting to see. But getting back to your original question in regards to the Lakers and their draft pick, they need shooting and, and or the, whatever the best player is available, but they need someone that they can develop. And If that's the case, my recommendation, if there's anybody that's out there with that's decent enough that could provide a spark, it could play a limited amount during the NBA season next season. If he's healthy, it would be Aaron Nesmith. He provides something that I think is translatable right away on the court, mm-hmm. and that is shooting. You can stick them for ten minutes a game out there yeah. in the corner and go ahead and, and learn and develop there. I think that's yeah. But the you know, we is. had
0: we had a couple of guys that we thought we could do that with this year, and the problem when you're when you're in a win now mode like the Lakers are is that it's it's hard to even want to take a risk on that. I mean, we still remember Kobe Bryant in his rookie year, <laughs> shooting up air balls and. Well, we only averaged seven points Utah. a game if I remember correctly. Right, right, I know, but those air balls in the playoffs. For a guy as clutch as that, a guy who has no fear at all of failure, you know, it just shows that there is something to be said about having veteran players. I mean, I, I think there'll be a lot of looking. I would think that the Lakers would be looking if they're going to draft somebody and they're going to keep them. They probably are looking for somebody who's been around a little longer, who's basically played three or four years rather than another 18 year old like THT. It makes a lot of sense. I, I still feel like. I feel it's inevitable that we're going to trade Kyle Kuzma and that draft pick for somebody, but we'll have to see.
1: We'll have to see. We'll be back with more of the Lakers fast break podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team. Listen to the guys at inside sports, fantasy football. For insight that will help you reach your league championship that's inside sports fantasy football check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet once again i'm speaking to tom wong but you know him as laker tom you got to be part of the conversation today at lakerholics.net all the great conversations there about the lakers and so much more it is lakerholics.net before we head on out the talk amongst the basketball world is in regards to the ESPN documentary, the last dance, the first two episodes took place this weekend. The next two episodes take place this coming weekend on ESPN centers around the last championship year of the Chicago bulls. And I know you don't want to really talk Chicago bulls and I'm not exactly a fan of them either. And I, I spoke to Raphael Barlow earlier in, in this week and we talked about a little bit about that and, the greatness of Michael Jordan, because there is no denying the greatness of Michael Jordan. Nope, nobody I, says they I should. I agree with that. You can't and, talk but, about the goat without Michael being in the conversation and dominating. Yeah, it. you you can't. It's just ludicrous. I mean,
0: I've always been a believer that that you can. There are multiple goats. You just can't compare people from different generations of the game. You know, it's impossible to do.
1: It is because the argument just keeps running on and on and yeah. On. Well, I mean, and, I, I, and the game
0: different. The games changed. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally I
0: different. I mean, how can you – You can't. Ju- how do you judge somebody starting from, you know, Kareem? I mean, Kareem today or Wilt today, you're telling me that they still wouldn't be great? Shaq today, you know? I mean, it's – you know, so it's impossible to say that, that Kobe is better than LeBron, who's better than Michael, and all of those types of things.
1: Well, uh, I could just go by my eye test, and I, that when yeah. I was talking about Rafael. your
0: as eye test do you, do you have a goat, or do you – do you handle it like I, do? I would.
1: I would probably say Michael Jordan is probably the most dominant player I've ever seen because the way defenses treated him more than <clears> – and <throat> they respected him more than anyone else. Didn't I have
0: as seen. much competition as some of the other people as my opinion. No,
1: no, I didn't say the competition. I'm just saying the way – you know, let's say it was a game against the Orlando Magic in a, or just a regular NBA game. The way teams would center rules around him and just basically cater themselves to – it's in on him so much. I've never seen a player get that kind of attention from a backcourt standpoint. And the fact that he mm-hmm. wasn't just a center, seven foot center like Shaquille O'Neal. It was not in fact that he wasn't Will Chamberlain or Kareem or whatnot. It's easier to get to double team and triple team guys like that out uh, underneath right. the basket like that. But it's so hard to do it, and and you wonder why they do it. Uh, you know when it, people were double teaming and triple teaming Michael Jordan in the middle of a game forty five and eighty two game season. And when I would watch the games on WGN, when I would just flip channels and whatnot, and I see that, and I'm just like, that's uh, – Not only that,
0: but Michael but... wouldn't pass the ball many of those times.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, that's true. But what's really he, amazing about it. But the thing is, not not that he couldn't, but that in a lot of cases he wouldn't because he shouldn't because he was the best option for a lot of right. times. And he, the fact is he could go and do anything like Kobe could. He could go and do anything. You, you want Kobe to pass more, he'll do that. On those occasions where you want him to rebound more, he'll do that. You want it, but you want to basically go ahead and have him take command. He will always do that. And, yeah, you double uh, him at
0: the end of a game; he's going to shoot. Still,
1: yeah. I mean, Same LeBron. LeBron for me is close. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain is for me is close. Uh, Kobe is close. Shaq is close. Magic, ben, uh, Magic. You know, Magic and Bird are like took away championships from each other. You know. So funny because I was. Watching the the uh, game the other day of, of the 1992 Dream Team in their first game against Angola, and it was 7-7 to uh, tied early in the first quarter, and Angola was feeling great for themselves. They were really <laughs> confident. It was so awesome, and they were feeling so happy that they were tied with the, with the U.S. team. And the U.S. team really looked lethargic, and this was a team, I think, that had bird and magic and... Ewing and Carl Malone in the starting lineup and all that, and they looked really lethargic to start the game. And it was seven-seven, and Angola was really motivated, really happy with themselves. And then, (laughs) and then, a forty-five-to-one run later, and the only reason they got the one is because Charles Barkley went off and got a technical. Only reason, you know, it was just like
0: that's what you call a real wake-up call.
1: Yeah, that was a deflation. Uh, it, It was just interesting to see just. Once they flipped that switch, how great that team was. And you check it out, it's all on YouTube. The Olympics channel has actually been throwing that out there uh, of all of the channels out there, the actual official Olympics channel. So it's been interesting to see. But, yeah, uh, before we head on out, The Last Dance, has been the documentary that's out there. I mean, if you're a Bulls fan or if you're interested in that last championship run by the, the Bulls, it's been something to see. But before we head on out, Tom, or before we talk about all the things that's going on with Lakerholics.net, if you were to do a last dance of the season of the Lakers, which year would you choose?
0: Well, we've had a couple of last dances, if you will. And if, if we're qualifying it as having to be in the season that you won it all, you know, your last winning season, as opposed to the next season when maybe you disappointed because you couldn't get to the dance or you lost the dance. It's it's probably the... the uh, second, the, the last game that Kobe, the last championship that Kobe won because of who we played, you know, beating the Celtics. And I think, you know, that that, that game where nobody could make a shot and it was a, just a total defensive slugfest. And you could almost feel just in that game that, that the Lakers were not going to go on beyond that. And, and I think that's one of the things about the last dance there's all of this talk about all of the trades that were being discussed then at that point in time, Scotty Pippen leaving and and uh, Jordan, you know, having reached a point and then all of the rumors going around about the gambling things and, and all of those things that came back to haunt the team. I think a lot of those things sort of make the season and and that's where all of the drama comes from the 10 episodes that they're going to milk out of the last dance. You know, that was an incredible thing. You know, the a three-peat, the second three-peat to, to be able to do, which was the crowning glory on Michael's career. I was always sorry to see him put a uniform on for the Washington wizards, you know, hated that. I hated Joe Montana playing for the Kansas city chiefs. There ought to be a law against that, you know, and thank God Kobe didn't end up playing for the Suns or something like that. Um, but, uh, you know, he, you don't want to see Michael Jordan wearing anything other than a Bulls Jersey. You know, I never wanted to see Kobe Bryant wear anything but a Lakers Jersey and the, the thoughts and the possibly going to the Clippers or something like that was almost like a violation a good, uh, just a violation of the basketball gods. So I think that, I think that, I think that Kobe's last championship, the fifth championship of him was the closest thing that I see toward the, toward it being the last dance. You could also look at the three-peat, the last three-peat championship with Shaq, you know, because you knew those guys were just, you know, you knew that there are inevitably that was going to tear something apart and something was going to happen. But I was still shocked when I can remember exactly where I was uh, when I heard the news that, that they were going to trade Shaq. And then, bam, a couple of days later, it actually happened, you know, and it was like, my God, how could you do that, you know? Those are our two versions of the last dance, in my opinion.
1: Well, mine wouldn't be a last dance per se. You know, Maybe you could say the last of the uh, 1980s championships the Lakers won mm-hmm. that would be something you'd look into. But for me, it would be if you want to cover any year, and not that it's called a last dance per se, but if you were to cover any year, I think I mentioned to Raphael on our last show, that was the 2001 year. The year that they were so dominant, the best team, I think, ever in the NBA playoffs because they injuries, were so injuries, man. Yeah, whether well, for 16 and 1, 16 and 1, right. I think was the the, the deal. And they, i tell you what, they were dominant. The only team that stopped them for a game was Allen Iverson. And he yeah. had the Philadelphia 76ers, and he had to have a, a terrific, a phenomenal game, game,
0: an unbelievable yeah. game.
1: Yeah, him and stepping,
0: step, him stepping over Tyrone Liu will always be sitting there in my mind, man.
1: Yes, but yeah. still, you know, you that look should look have been that, sixteen and zero. Yes,
0: should have been it sixteen have gone and zero.
1: 16, you're right, and it took an overtime in order to do that. So, yeah. yeah, that team I would love to have covered in more detail and depth, like a Last Dance, mm-hmm. because I think that is, even though they had an unremarkable regular season, right? Okay, let's just put that they just were cruising. The entire season. see but
0: that's a different that's see now i was i was looking at the last dance thing as being something involved with the controversy that things are coming to an end you know
1: well you could uh, also look at the, the okay if you wanted to go from controversy i would say it's the year that they didn't win in the finals against detroit because that's oh yeah
0: well that that the 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 hamstring year man
1: yes the carl the malone issue yes i would cover that year because you started to see the deterioration of yep. the Lakers the deterioration of the 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 relationship between Kobe and Shaq if you were to cover any last year per se i would go that one but if i was to cover any other year on the documentary i would definitely go with 2001
0: that was a very disappointing year you know cuz we thought that was going to be a year that was going to be great and and had you know i mean there's we would have had a couple more championships and we would have won a championship that year and then when magic and and Byron got injured. That was another year that I thought we should have won a championship if it hadn't been for those injuries, you know. Um, and of course, there's the Warriors who can look at last year and say, you know, if we hadn't had both Clay go down and, and you know, uh, uh, but injuries are part of the game, and you never know what's going to happen. It's uh, you know, you hate to see them during a se- during a playoff series like that to really change the whole complexion of the game. Did you see the um, one of the things? Jumping to, to another subject, there was a great article by the Athletic where they were quizzing Laker fans on what did they think of management, what did they think of who was the best Laker player ever, and and on and on through the whole things. Um, and there were some there were some interesting things. That, one of the things I jumped on was eighty percent of the Laker fans believe that were the Laker were the season to be continued, the Lakers would win the championship
1: this year i mean i actually like the poll by loyal and marymount that they conduct every year on sports teams and the dodgers and lakers alternate seemingly every year on who is the more popular team in town and this year it's the lakers i wonder why they're doing yeah. well hmm.
0: kobe bryant was the most popular laker player second to magic johnson or i mean atop of magic johnson
1: but it's so funny it because was
0: understandable
1: what was with the lakers and dodgers the Dodgers have a loaded team. They've been in the World Series the past two years. They've got a team yeah, but that... But they haven't won. But they have Well, hold on. They haven't <laughs> won yet. But they've been in the World Series the past they two years. They were cheated had, by
0: the Astros.
1: They've had a... Yeah, well, they cheated. But anyways, they the team is loaded. The team looks like it's the favorite. in here's favorite in Vegas. It looks like they're the favorite to go ahead if the Major League Baseball season gets underway to go ahead and win it all. They look even more loaded than the past two years. The Lakers, they're doing well. You know how well they've done this year. First place in the Western Conference. They've beat the top two teams over the past weekend that they get a chance, they got the chance to play them. They look things that they could look like a real NBA favorite for the NBA title. It's funny how both teams are doing really well. And of the two, when they're doing really well, it's the Lakers that are more popular. Now, in those mm-hmm. years that the Lakers weren't doing so popular, of course you're going to see the Dodgers probably come out on top because that's the way fickle fans are. But in alternating years on this Loyola Marymount deal, it's funny mm-hmm. how when both teams are doing well, that the Lakers appear on top.
0: Well, who was it? Somebody had a somebody had a Clippers versus Lakers thing as to oh, I was the uh, it was a poll on the working class people in Los Angeles. Because, you know, the Clippers have this new campaign where they're the working class team. Well, the poll came out that 80% of the working class people in L.A. are Lakers fans and 5% were Clippers fans. The other 15% must have been, you know, Knicks fans that just moved out here or, or something. But I thought that was a very representative comparison between the Lakers and the Clippers. Um, you might save that stat for your Clippers friend.
1: Well, I, no, it's okay. I don't want to rub it in him. He's a really nice guy. Anthony and he's just really a nice guy. Don't want to talk smack to him because, again, if there's any Clippers fan out there that doesn't deserve smack, it's him because he knows his NBA. It was so funny that in that same Loyola Marymount poll, the Chargers barely even qualified, and the Rams didn't do a whole lot better sucks to be a chargers fan right now that's all i can say
0: boy the rams though you know the rams were at one point in time a real favorite in los angeles the fierce yeah. and them yeah.
1: there's a know. reason why they left the st louis and there's a right. reason why yeah. they played in anaheim they left southern california altogether. i mean there, there's a reason why they left right and then there's a reason why they came back so
0: but it's kind of funny because it, because you you look at that thing and it's I mean, what is it with football in LA? You know, the Raiders—they moved down to LA, and then they left.
1: It's Al Davis. He just—it's he just gets the deals. Oh, wait, it
0: can't be Al Davis because you got the Rams, it can't the Chargers be Al Davis now. I mean, it's you got the the, Rams, the Chargers, and and the Raiders.
1: It's a LA now. can't now. support one of them. Well, with San, with with the Chargers, it's, San Diego didn't want to build a new arena. Uh, right. Didn't want to build a new stadium. So out you go. Why would you ever leave San Diego? I don't care. Yeah. You know, they could be playing on a high school field. It's San Diego. Such beautiful area out there. I wouldn't leave personally, but that's just me. But <laughs> you know, I, that's that's neither here nor there. But again, it goes back to woulda, coulda, shoulda. Hi, this is Mr. Holiday from the podcast My Worst Holiday. And you're listening to the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Video game box art, the stories behind the covers in which we talk to the illustrators and artists who are responsible for gaming's most iconic images. Don't forget to check out Video Game Box Art, the stories behind the covers, celebrating gaming's most iconic images from the people who created them. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films. Well, before we head on out, my friend, we've got a couple minutes left. Laker Tom, a.k.a. Tom Wong from Lakerholics.net. you got to go ahead and update us on what's going on with Lakerholics.net.
0: We stopped the political talk and I focused on basketball. I've tried to become the uh, pointing out the silver linings and everything and so forth. We've been going through a lot of comparisons, had some good discussion on uh, comparison. uh, There was an article out by somebody where they were comparing current players with prior previous players. You know, Um, who's the current, you know, Kobe Bryant versus so-and-so who's AD, AD versus uh, who's Giannis? former player that would compare to him and so forth. So we've had some good discussions on that. Uh, there's been some talk about the various uh, options for the playoffs and so forth. I think most of the fans uh, are are thinking pretty positively that we are going to have a chance to, to fight for the championship. There's still a lot of Kobe Bryant stuff I thought it was a wonderful gesture by Paul Gasol to send uh flowers to Vanessa on on her anniversary with Kobe or 19 what would have been their 19th wedding anniversary. And I thought the WNBA, you know, taking uh Gianna and the other two girls that uh that died in the helicopter crash and making them honorary draftees for the WNBA was a great gesture. I know Shaq is uh Shaq was not going to And there's I guess there's another big uh, honoring of Kobe coming up and Shaq didn't even want to go through it just because of the anguish of you know reliving all of those all of the times that they've shared together and so forth. So there's still a lot of uh, a lot of things talking about Kobe Bryant and and uh, the cha- what a change it's been. Um, when you combine Kobe plus the suspension of the season, boy, it makes for an NBA season like no other that you've ever seen. So it'd be good if we can have a conclusion to that season and and have the Lakers win a championship and and I'm still one of those people that think that before it finishes, the Lakers want to win this one for Kobe. It'd be a way to go out perfectly for the end of the end of his career and the end of the season. So I'm looking forward to hopefully getting to a point where we can really start talking about basketball. It doesn't look like the draft is going to happen anytime soon. They haven't announced any changes as to as to the when the draft is going to happen and free agency and all of that stuff, and I I think all of that is just tied into whether or not the season is going to resume and so forth. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in that. I'm hoping for good news just so that we can watch basketball again. And and and, and frankly, if we're able to watch basketball again, it's probably a good sign that we've been able to get control of the coronavirus pandemic. Because if we don't get control of that, then basketball and and anything close to a new normal is probably out of the books at this point in time. You'd think that, you know, there's, everybody has so much time at home and yet in some ways uh, I think that uh, a lot of things have changed, you know, and, and just in our whole everyday existence. For you, it's a lot different because you've got all sorts of things going on and, and now you've got your kids at home. So you've got that extra added element that isn't the same as it is, you know, and yet for a lot of people, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, a lot of people is all of a sudden yeah, they got their kids at home and they got an opportunity to spend time with their kids that they never had before because they don't have a job or they're, you know, they're, they're working from home, which even then gives the same situation that you're in that, that you've got all of these other things to do. I've enjoyed the time that I've been able to spend with my wife and I miss being able to spend time with my grandkids and, and my son and daughter-in-law, but at least we see them every day they'll come down and stand on a deck and we'll talk through the sliding glass door and they'll send us TikToks to try to duplicate duplicate and copy and send back to them. And, but it's, it's going to be a whole new world coming up for us. And uh, I'm interested to see what happens. You know, I think that you got to just find the silver linings and everything and, and move forward. And I'm, I'm thinking that we're, we're on a good stead both in trying to get past this coronavirus trend pandemic. And I think also in, Trying to get the basketball season going again, maybe even baseball. You know, new talk about you know the Yankees playing in a whole different division now with this grapefruit and splitting the I guess it's the Florida versus Arizona spring training venues that are controlling that situation. And sports is probably going to be a whole lot different. I mean, it's going to go back to the basics that that we all used to do, which is basically it's going to be five guys against five guys on the court, and you're playing. You don't, you don't have fans out there. you got another team waiting for next, you know, sitting out there, and and you're really playing the game against the five guys on the court without all of the theatrics that go into what we now know as an NBA game just because of the fans. You know, you're not going to see Jack Nicholson in the stands when the Lakers play next time, you know, and, and it's going to be a lot different game, and it'll be interesting to see how it works in the broadcast, you know, and, you know, are they going to allow you to hear all of the trash talk that's going on during the game? Are they going to lighten the load as far as, as allowing players to trash talk during the game and allowing players to try to intimidate other players and so forth. So it'd be an interesting situation to see all of these facts, and I'm looking forward to them all.
1: Once again, you can find out his thoughts today, not only on his article on medium.com, but also as well, lakerholics.net. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. And also for us, if you have any questions for anything in regards to the NBA drafts, so I can talk to our experts or myself or Laker Tom, TJ, who's still with us. And, uh, you know, obviously he wants to get back on the show. He's indicated as such. Just go ahead and you go. You can send us an email. LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. You can send us an email there or at LakersFastBreak on Twitter. Laker Tom is, of course, at Laker Tom on Twitter, so you can send him a message directly if you have any questions on the Lakers or Lakerholics.net, or just go ahead to Lakerholics.net and just join up and be part of that conversation today. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. Cannot thank you enough for the chat, as always. Looking forward to our conversation next week. Also looking forward to later this week, the draft. I'm so looking forward to it. Cannot thank you enough. Any last thoughts? Are you gonna
0: get? Are you gonna get to make the pick for the Lakers? Is the big question.
1: We're basically gonna take names out of the hat. I'm gonna probably mm-hmm. say, you know what? But well, how many guys? I are go- five guys or four guys? Five guys, including myself. Five guys. So, so the yeah. Lakers are gonna be 29th. So I would have to pick like fourth in the series. So if I get another number four pick, but I'm gonna try and make it fair i know there's also stone hansen is a huge lakers fan as, as well so i don't want to go ahead and, and do something unfair that he would well, you like, gotta, so.
0: then both of you maybe should make the 26th and 27th picks so that you can make sure that whoever's available at best at that spot gets number 29
1: who knows i might trade for some oil at this point in time so <laughs> it's pretty cheap in fact you know what after this show i think i'm going to go to costco according to what people are talking about on the comments i can get paid just by going to get gas at costco
0: you don't need to work now you can just go just fill your car with gas drive around and use it up and go back and get more
1: exactly exactly well actually not so exactly but my friend it's been great talking to you again right here at the lakers fast break